When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So good morning, Charged Up Studio listeners. I am so glad to have you here with us once again. This is Dana Olivo, your host and CEO of Marketatomy LLC. And this month on Charged Up Studio, we are focusing on leadership and team management or development. We're kicking off this month with a special guest and good friend who is passionate about developing leaders that lead themselves from the inside out. His unique leadership distributor approach improves personal performance while increasing leadership effectiveness, focus, and clarity. This opens facilitation of alignment between the leader and employees. The results positively influence organizations, including their culture and their business impact. When he partners with organizations, Peter leans into his extensive experience in both engineering leadership, project management, and consulting in a variety of industries. Blended with his unique coaching style and global business experience, Peter creates an atmosphere that drives cooperation clarity, collaboration, and innovation with ease. So let's all give a warm, charged-up studio welcome to Mr. Peter Ainley with Soaring with Eagles. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Dana. Thank you for that uh, introduction. Thank you. No, definitely. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this, uh, this podcast um, episode here. So we've, we've talked a little bit, and um, I like the idea of leadership from the inside out because I'm a firm believer leadership starts from within. You know, that it, you, you have to have that mindset about yourself in order to lead. So Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So let's start out with what makes inside out leadership different from traditional style of leadership development out there? Okay, first off, Dana, the, I believe most, that most of the leadership development stuff that's been done there, that's out there, that's been done for years and years and years, isn't really effective in, in helping leaders become true, authentic leaders. Now, much of that leadership training is sort of blanket one-size-fits-all kind of training on skills and techniques and maybe methods of how to, how to coerce people, how to, how to force people to do things. And the reality is that leadership is not about skills or techniques. Leadership is about influence, influencing others right? in, a, in a positive way. You can influence negatively too, but we're talking about influencing people in a positive way. So 
when we're influencing people in a positive way, it's not coercion, it's not force, it's not power, it's not manipulation. So inside out leadership is really ultimately about leading yourself first, leading from the inside before you lead others. And it's about, it's, so it's not, when we talk of that, it's not about a self-centeredness or a self-righteous approach to leadership. It's actually quite the opposite. It's more focused on developing an awareness of how you show up, how you show up for yourself, and then how you show up with others, and then being able to serve people. Because leadership, authentic leadership, is about serving people. So inside-out leadership ultimately is serving people to empower them so that they can thrive, thrive in the environment, your work environment, and then everybody thrives, really. That's kind of what it is inside-out leadership, yeah. Uh, and, and, about- and that's really interesting that you're talking about, and I love the idea, I love the, the phrase servant leadership, because, you know, that's what uh, Marketatomy is all about. We're all about, okay, let's, let's strengthen, um, uh, you know, small micro-businesses and get them to mm-hmm. the point where they can succeed. And by doing that, that fulfills our goal, our vision for what Marketatomy is. But it gets to, you know, when you were talking earlier um, about it's not necessarily skills, it's not, you know, um, what you bring to the table, but there is a little bit of that mixed into it. Because when we're talking leadership, okay, we're talking almost like mentorship. What you're doing is you're taking those team members under your wing and you're teaching them and you're helping them become the best person that they can be, right? Correct. Absolutely. I mean, it's your role as a leader is to raise, let's you know, raise the, uh, uh, what's the tide raises all boats. As a leader, you're trying to raise the boats in your care, your team members, your employees, raise them up to be the best they can be to thrive in their own environments, in their own lives, because the more they do that, the reciprocity is there, you know, your own business is going to thrive as well. So it is important. Right, exactly. So many people have been placed or promoted into a leadership position because of their proficiency in their chosen technical field, often feel that, find that they are not effective, that their, their performance has dropped. And they now struggle with their leadership position. How would mm-hmm. you say this is especially true for technical people? My experience, uh, my background is engineering, so I'm a technical guy as well. I'm married to one, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> so technical people typically are left brain people. You know, that's where the creativity lies, the logic, the systematic way of doing things. and. My experience with doing, you know, being technically and logically minded, teaching or treating people that way doesn't quite work. People aren't, as as a person, as a human being, we might think logically, or some of us might think logically, but really people stuff isn't logical. It isn't systematic. It's, it's, it's emotional. So, right. So, the right brain people tend to be the more emotional people, the more people-orientated type people. So that's been my journey is figuring out, okay, 
left brain, that's my training you know, as an engineer. How do I shift over to be a little more right brain, more people orientated? And that's why I've noticed a struggle in, my, in myself to do that transition. It took years to figure out the self-awareness of how I'm showing up. And through all of that is, is, is what helped me create and develop the inside out leadership process to help especially technical people shift. Right, exactly. And, you know, and, and, and there's, there's a lot of, um, of individuals out there who are in professions that not necessarily are left-brained, you know, technical. You know, I, I look at the construction industry and you've got your field workers out there. Okay. And they're, they're all hands-on, you know, they, but what they don't realize is they are the first in line to potential new business, new potential, new prospects and teaching them the process of relationship development is extremely difficult to do when you're dealing with field people out there. So, you know, how can this be turned around so that these technical or these 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 um, individuals who are not um, driven emotionally, okay, um, to become great leaders in their organization. How can we turn that around? Great question, Dana. And the first is is we need to develop some level of self awareness. People, um, you know, for you, you, you spoke you to use the uh, the example of the construction industry. You've got the workers out there; they're doing their technical stuff in, yeah. in many ways, you know, um, and that's what they focus on. They're not about building relationships. So, how do we get them to see that? To your question, and it's really understanding at first, sort of, what are we doing? What's the point? How do we shift the mental fitness? How do we shift our mental state so that we can look at and build relationships with other people? That's one of the things that I even had to learn is in my engineering. I'm not just doing engineering and project work. I've got to build a relationship with various people at a customer's facility. That's the process I've learned. And mental fitness, I found, which is part of our foundational and a foundational element of inside out leadership is one way to help people shift from left to right brain to shift from the logical and sometimes a negative process, but also into the right side of the brain, which is more the people, the more positive side of it. Cause when we operate from more of a right brain, we see things a little differently. We can um, approach people and interact with people more. We're more aware of other people, what other people are saying, how other people are responding to what we're doing. And as we build that awareness, we create more of a connection with other people too. So it's that I have a process within inside out leadership that allows that what I call the left to right brain shift to be a little more aware. When you talk about, um, you know, working from the inside out and understanding your internal processes Mm-hmm. in order to, you know, lead others, you know, when we're talking about the technical people and things like that, they've got that emotional connection capability. Otherwise there would be no marriages among, <laughs> among engineers, you know, and, and what we're talking about here is that emotional intelligence, getting in touch with 
our own feelings and what what makes us happy and then being able to get in touch with what makes others happy. So in our team leaders, right? Mm -hmm. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. And so when we're talking about our team at work, it's important for us to be able to get inside their heads and understand what motivates them. I've read that book, um, The Five Love Languages. You can use that book for anything because the minute you can get to the root of what your team members, your spouses or whatever, what um, fills their love tank or their, their, in this Mm -hmm. case, in their motivation tank at work, you're going to get a lot more productivity out of them and everything, right? Absolutely. And, and, and that's, again, the essence of inside out leadership, where mm-hmm. you're serving your people. Mm-hmm. As you serve your people, you also focus on building a relationship with your people. The more you build that relationship, there is a spin-off effect that they then in turn are more aware and, and want to build relationships with other people. They're absolutely to your point. I mean, if technical people had no emotion, no no people skills at all, they <laughs> it'd only be right brain people who got married. So it it is there. It, it's um, it's helping them. I wouldn't say so much compartmentalize. It's just helping them gain an awareness, right, of an, at, at a very acute awareness, so they can be more relational. Right. So you're not looking at okay a strategic approach. I mean. <laughs> As a strategist, I hate to say this, but you're not looking at a strategic approach to building and developing teams so much as you are um, looking at a um, collaborative approach. Yes. Okay. Um, A strategic approach is, okay, I need this, this, this in my leader, in my team. I need, you know, I need a, you know, a strategist. I need a, 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 implementation, you know, um, individual, somebody who's strong. So I know what I need, but then how do we fit those people into the team? How do we figure out who those people are? And that's Mm -hmm. where this inside out leadership is going to come into play is getting to know these people, right? Absolutely. And you get to know the people. So it's building relationships, it's building a connection, building the element of trust. And the more you connect with people, the more you find out about them, obviously you find out if they're right fit and so on. But the more that relationship exists, the more the collaboration element goes up and you and you can just function better. So all your strategic elements, all your strategic needs and skills then naturally will come into play because the relationships, the connection, the level of communication that needs to be there makes it all sort of flow together and fit a lot better for whatever the result is you're trying to achieve. No, definitely, definitely. So it's my understanding that many leadership development programs focus on teaching leader skills, leaders skills, techniques and how-tos for leading and managing people in their teams. But how is inside out leadership different in its approach? I'm sure we've talked a little bit about this already, but let's, let's delve in a little bit deeper. Okay, so when I look at some of the leadership development stuff is out there, it happens for a short period of time, be it a couple of days, a week, whatever. 
people go back, they might be they're excited about what they've learned, and they go back into the workforce, time goes by, things happen, challenges occur, and everything then over time just drifts back to where it was before that training. Retention, we've seen the results, retention typically you know, drops dramatically after a couple of weeks that after six months, you may have retained 10% of what you've learned. So there's a retention challenge, if you will, there's a retention issue there. So in inside out leadership, we address this in essentially two ways. One is understanding that lasting positive change requires two things. The first one is 20% of to get change to happen is the insight, is the learning, is the skills, that the stuff that they have been given that they've learned. And the other 80% is your mental muscle, your mental fitness. The more mentally fit you are, the stronger your mental muscle is, much like in, a, in working out in a gym, stronger that is, the much longer you have this positive change lasting. Mm-hmm. And the second element is, we need to bring in a, a, a support process where we support leaders, we support team members in not just the implementation, but making these skills, making this process a habit, really integrating that, and at the same time encouraging them to continually work on the mental fitness side of things. Because, you know, like I just mentioned, when you stop going to the gym, you lose your muscle. And that's true for, any, for, for, for this muscle between your ears too. So retaining those skills, really implementing those skills, making them a habit. And hey, you've probably heard the stats, you know, to really integrate a new habit, it takes 180 days. So, you know, one week of quick doing a training, it's about no, that's seven exactly. days, five days, you're not going to retain anything. That's exactly it. You know, it's, it's, it. It might as well just be put up on the shelf and left there, you know, as far as that training is concerned. So, Absolutely. You know, so how often, and I can tell you that I've gone through this myself many times with a lot of people that I have interacted, how often or how would you respond to somebody who makes the claim that they are doing a great job as a leader and they don't need any leadership development. <laughs> I see that smile. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, at one point, that was me. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I've been there, done that. I've encountered that. <laughs> and I think it all, everybody at some level or another thinks they know because they don't want to admit, hey, you know what, I'm, I need some help. So... There's a series of questions that I'll typically want to ask. And, uh, you know, it's <laughs> if there was, is there room, what would it mean if you could improve on being a great leader? Is there some room for improvement? And most people, when you offer them the option, is there room for improvement, will acknowledge that, yes, there is. Stress is one of the things that's often associated, stress and anxiety, uh, associated with being in a leadership role. It's stressful. So if I could show you a way to reduce that amount of stress, reduce your anxiety levels so that you you can lead a better life too, not just in your leadership, I mean, would that be a benefit? Typically, people are going to say, yes, if they can have less stress, they want less stress. 
And then another question I'll ask, if you could improve your own performance, your own productivity, but not just that, that of your entire team, how would that impact your role as a leader? How would that impact your department, the results that your department produces, and what would the impact on the company be? Uh, I've not come across anybody that said it wouldn't. So these are some of the elements, the key elements that Inside Out will will achieve yeah. for people. So most in that case, most ways I can I can turn people around and see the benefit of, of some of a program like this. Well, I know that um, on our side, because we do a lot of coaching and mentoring ourselves, uh, not necessarily leadership coaching, you know, um, or, or anything like that. But what we what we do, especially with um, executives, when we do it, you know, it's like my husband tells me because he's the one who does a lot of the coaching. He says, you know, there's not there are no executives that come into the coaching arena that says, I want to know how I can make more money. Yeah. Okay. It's they they suffer from the same things you or I do, you know, yep. such as self sabotage or self doubt or you know um, uh, feeling as though you're you know a fake or something to that effect. And and you know how do you speak to those um, aspects when you're talking leadership? And again, this gets from the inside out. Okay, that emotional intelligence. How do you speak to those kind of um, uh, issues that a lot of executives go through? Doesn't matter what size company, what position they're in, or whatever. Yeah, we're all human, and yeah. so we all do suffer those. You're right. I bring in something called mental fitness. Exactly. That's that, my next question. So. Yeah, that, that is one of the key elements to the foundation of inside-out leadership. And stress, self-doubt, a lack of self-confidence is rooted in the inner judge, um, or imposter syndrome is, is another term for it, that always criticizes everything you do or criticizes others and, and the situations you find yourself in. So those are very much negative emotions, you know. Um, Self-doubt is a negative emotion, essentially. And mental fitness is about how can I take that and shift it to be a more positive? So let's... uh, um, Let me look at a definition here of, of mental fitness for a moment. It is a measure of your potential of your, of your um, performance relative to what your potential is as a leader. Now, there's another way of describing it. It's your capacity to respond to the challenges in life and in leadership from a more positive mindset as opposed to a negative mindset. So it stands to reason the more I can increase, raise the level of mental fitness, the more you're going to respond from a positive mindset perspective. Now, the more positive your mindset, typically you're going to have less confidence issues, less anxiety, less self-doubt. Not that that is rooted in any form of righteousness. I just want to make sure that, you know, we don't confuse the two here. 
repeat the um, the definition of mental fitness again, just so that our listeners can really get it. Okay, so mental fitness, or you know, we term EQ and IQ. We've heard all of that. Mental fitness. The term for that is PQ, and it is the measure of how well you perform relative to your potential. And it can be described as your capacity to deal with and respond to challenges in life and in your leadership from a positive rather than a negative mindset. Okay. Okay. I've got it now. (laughs) (laughs) I've got it now. Okay. All right. Well, that Uh, makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So how do we improve training programs so that the outcomes stick for a long haul? Ah, now there's a good, good question. And again, I think, I think my belief is that there's two. So as I mentioned earlier, there's this um, understanding that lasting change is 20%. uh, The skill, the insights that we have, but 80% is a mental muscle. Mm -hmm. How strong is our mental muscle? Mm -hmm. And that obviously is an ongoing process of working out in a mental gym, if you will. Right. Right. And then the second one is how can we support leaders, but how can we help leaders support their team ongoing to reinforce what they've learned to really make that a habit? And that is a thing of time. It takes um, right. build in support mechanisms to uh, support programs, if you will, sort of recaps and that kind of thing, but make it interactive so that they can have that ongoing support to really integrate. Well, regular coaching program, you know, know, monthly coaching, weekly coaching, whatever, you know, as long as you keep being introduced to that. Yes. So it's it's either at an individual level or at a group level and facilitating a group interaction. So coaching, absolutely. Okay. All right. What kind of results and benefits can someone expect to see and realize in working with you in developing not only their executive leadership team, but also the up to up and coming leaders in the organization? Right. And and I think that your question of up and coming is a key thing. Exactly. Um, Because you want to put in that succession plan. Absolutely. And you want to bring up you know, from the, you, you want to have that culture also from the right. coming up through the ranks at the same time. So you, when there's turnover as executives leave, you don't have to restart the wheel. One of the biggest um, results, one of the biggest benefits that I've seen in this is that leaders and employees, all of them tend to be a lot happier. There's a little more joy around. Um, they, they, they radiate that a joy, a happiness, a heck of a lot more. And that changes the work environment right there. I mean, that's one of the huge things. And one of the other things, when the client really commits to to transformation, to this sort of work from from the inside out, we see an increase in performance. So personal performance. You see an increase in personal productivity. That also then relates, the more we work with teams and the leader, that translates into them. They're performing, the team's performing better. They're producing more. The results are improved. There's improved collaboration between team members. There is alignment or better alignment between the leader 
and their employees or their team, depending where in the organization. Now, some of the more maybe quantitative results increase in sales. You get to sales, uh, uh, salespeople are a lot more confident in their sales and able to negotiate and close deals better. There's lower employee turnover because employees, there's a, a stat, this is pre-COVID, that to 72% of people left not a bad job, they left a bad boss, a bad leader, right? So the turnover was there. So a happier workforce, I mentioned earlier, happiness. Um, these are some of the things. One, there's been a lot of talk about what ROI is. What's the ROI out of out of any of my programs and and, and coaching with 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 myself and and that? I strive to tell my clients I'm going to give you at least a five percent or five uh, not five sorry five to one ROI on your investment of it. You know, and hey, if I can make it more, I'm going to do that. But I'm going to give you at least a five to one. So what what see. is a five to one in uh, return? What, did, what do you mean by five to one? So five to five to one return on your investment, if you know, okay. investment of the program, you're going to see the benefits in terms of improved bottom line. You would see improved uh, uh, um, sales numbers, so their revenue increases. All of these quantify together to about okay. a five to one ROI okay. on that. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. And speaking of COVID, okay, things have changed. And, you know, where before, you know, it was more um, uh, the employment, the the team development, leadership and everything was more um, leaning towards the corporate side of things. Mm -hmm. All right. Now things have shifted and people, employees have realized, look, I am not under the thumb of my boss anymore or the company anymore. And I'm going to, you know, test my hand and go out on my own, or I'm going to pick and choose what I want to do. And so, so corporate executives are having to come up and be creative with the plans that they're putting in place to deal with remote employees or giving them more freedom as far as the hours and everything. What do you have to say to this? Ah, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know I'm opening a can of worms here, but you know, (laughs) Well, I'm going to start it off by answering that the more you serve your people, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. Because as you serve them, they see the effect of you, of your interest in them as human beings, not as a numbered resource to get product out the door. Right. So the moment that it's about building relationships and the moment there's a relationship, they begin to feel valued, they begin to feel their contribution is worth something, not just a number at the bottom of a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the key things that leaders need to bear in mind. It's about your employees. They happen to be the most valuable asset that you have on your books, just by the way. So serve them. Yeah. And I you think know, they kind of to- lost. I think they kind of lost sight of that prior to COVID. Okay. My husband, um, like I said, he's an engineer too. And, and he works for a very large DOD company. Okay. And in the beginning, when he started working for them, they worked as consultants. So therefore they were integrated and, and answering to a very high up individual. 
in this organization. And her name was Joanne. And, and uh, you know, they would do whatever it took to make their, their boss happy, make this end of Joanne happy. And when people would come to them and say, you know, or when they would complain about, you know, look, that's not what my title is. That's not what I'm doing. I'm making copies, you know, that type deal. And uh, they would always turn around and say, we serve at the pleasure of Joanne. Okay. And taking that attitude, they got treated, you know, good. They, they got treated extremely good and um, was continuously. So when you talk about servant leadership, okay, what they did was they showed other employees at this organization what it takes to be able to build a team that's going to advance. So it doesn't have to be the leaders. It can also be your team. Absolutely. Demonstrating. Yes. Yeah. I mean, my, my response to that is everyone who influences somebody else, doesn't matter where in the organization it is. It can be the janitor yep. for that matter. Anybody who has a, a position of influence over somebody else is a leader. So a leader isn't because they're an executive and they have an executive title, a director title, manager title. It's a leader who, a person who has influence is a leader. And therefore, even in teams, you have people naturally rise to, a, to take a ownership, to take a leadership role on completing a project or a task or whatever. They have influence. Yeah. So absolutely, that rises to the, it, it rises up and can therefore demonstrate by yeah. uh, osmosis, by mirror neurons, by, you know, observation how things are done. But I would bet that Joanne also understood the reciprocity of that process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she served them. She served your husband and his team. Right. Equally. So it does become a two-way right. street at that point. But, yeah, right. it, it exactly. does need that. And that's something. Other, it made each other look good. Yeah. Absolutely. Other people, you know, and things like that. So share with us the first step in that direction, if an organization is ready to step up and say, we're ready to take, uh, to change the way we do leadership, what would be the first step? But once I've gathered some data, that's sort of the pre-stuff, but the first step is really the disruption, to disrupt the existing processes, the existing mindset habits that exist around leadership. In short, I deal with that doing an assessment, a saboteur assessment, we want to find out who everybody's top three key saboteurs are and then bring them to the awareness of how these guys have really played havoc in their, in their leadership and in dealing with people. And that once we've got that sort of going there, now we've got the, the foundation opened up, if you will, the mindset opened up so that we can start putting in a new operating system, and start working on the mindset and we can start bringing the new skills in because we are in the midst of creating that new foundation. So disrupt is the first step. Okay. Can you give us a little bit, uh, our listeners, a little bit of information about what this program is? Is it a six week program, 12 week? What, what kind of program? So the program is, is, is broken down into five phases, essentially, if you will. 
um, five-step process, and it'll take nominally up to about 12 months, maybe a little more depending. Uh, and then as I just work with reinforcing the skills, reinforcing the mental fitness, reinforcing all of that so that it becomes a way of being ultimately. So, yeah, we're looking at a good 12 months. You know, when I'm working with an individual, it'll be typically 12 months. When I'm working with a team, I prefer to extend that a little bit and bring more of the team dynamics into play and really allow them to experience that. And that, that could take, you know, maybe 18 months, maybe right. a bit longer. It depends. It depends on the client a bit. But, yeah, it's at least a, a good 12 months to make a solid difference. Okay. All right. Great. So any last tips for our audience, Peter? Listen to your people. That's a good and, one. And lead from your lead from the inside out. Yep. Lead yourself first. Lead yourself first from the inside out. Very good. So how can people get a hold of you? So uh, the easiest is probably via email or link, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, just as Peter Ainley. Uh, email would be office at soaringwitheaglesint.com. And um, yeah, just re- I think re- the best way is actually just reach out to me on LinkedIn and uh, you can find me there easily enough. Email yeah. me. My website is soaringwitheagles.co. And there's a way to contact me through that as well. Okay. All right. Well, great. So that's it, guys. I want to thank you all for joining us today. Make sure to leave a review on whatever streaming platform you happen to be listening to us today on, or go to Charged Up Studios Facebook page and leave a review there. If you want to learn more about different topics or skill sets associated with growing a successful business, visit our online e-learning platform, marketatomy.academy. I look forward to talking with you once again next week for another exciting episode where small businesses get charged up for success. Thanks again, Peter. You're very welcome, Dana. Thank you for this opportunity. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.